Welcome to Rivers to Resilience podcast, where you'll gain insights and knowledge into resilience whilst being inspired, motivated and transformed. I'm so pleased to have with me on today's episode, Dr. Catherine Mieber. Catherine, or Dr. Catherine, should I say, is a consultant psychiatrist with over 20 years of clinical experience in psychiatry. She was born and brought up in Zambia and she moved to Manchester in the UK over 20 years ago. She completed her postgraduate medical training in psychiatry and she's worked at consultant level in the community, inpatient units and in prisons. Currently, she's working with adults and young people affected by addictions with or without mental illness. Throughout Dr. Catherine's practice and consulting, she has developed the Reaping Life Planning Toolkit. So this is a toolkit or a programme that helps people to stay focused on their professional and personal development whilst flourishing physically, psychologically, And also the reapers make things happen whilst being mindful of the bigger picture and enjoying life. So, Dr. Catherine, welcome to Rivers to Resilience podcast. It's such a pleasure and an honour to have you on today's show. I just wonder, is there anything else that you'd like to um, to add? I mean, that intro is was impressive. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thanks, Martina, for having me. Obviously, alongside that, I'm, I'm married. I was 28 years married yesterday, actually. And, Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and um, so 20th of December, that is. And uh, mother to two children. I've got a daughter and a son, both adults and independent, pretty much. I'm mm-hmm. also involved with the local church and serving yeah. one of the leadership teams there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Rivers to resilience. There's so many rivers to resilience. There's so many ways that we can build our resilience. So I'd love just to hear from you as an expert, um, you know, in psychiatry and in your field. I'd just love to hear from you in terms of, I guess, what what resilience is, because sometimes we can hear so many different words and concepts and two individuals may have a different understanding of it. So I'd just love to hear from yourself in terms of what is resilience? Please share with our, with our audience. Mm-hmm. I think when I, when I look at resilience, starting with the dictionary uh, definition, first, mm-hmm. you know, the capacity to recover you know, from difficulty, you know, elasticity, you know, the bounceability uh, of um, an object or something, but that applies also to, to the individual. The ability to adapt to stressful, you know, situations and 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 crises, mm-hmm. and uh, how how we do that. We are all born with a measure of resilience, and the, I mean, look at the child or a baby when the baby is born; it's getting out of that womb. That requires some kind of resilience. And as the baby is growing up, they get to the point where they are walking. You see them falling and getting up, falling and getting up, and that is the measure of resilience that, that we're born with. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes there are other factors which um, we experience or we go through that can have an impact on, on our resilience at the time and how well we bounce back uh, mm-hmm. through adversity. Mm-hmm. No, that, that, that's fantastic. And thanks for sharing that. And as you, you know, as you were sharing about, um, it's about, you know, adaptability and about how we bounce back and, you know, thinking about a child and I guess those, those different stages of development in it 
a child it makes me when you was talking about bouncing back it made me just think of a kangaroo and if we just think of you mm. know how kangaroos have got that spring in the step and I, it just makes me think consider I guess us as, as as humans and you know our ability to to cope with mm. challenges in life and considering those individuals who may have more resilience um than others and i just wonder what are your thoughts on that you know mm. are yeah. there different factors or individual differences within mm. resilience and can it be yeah. built yeah yeah i mean definitely we can build on resilience and and sometimes another way of um liking it to, to muscles you know when you go to the gym yes. you don't just go once and grow all the muscles you have to mm -hmm. keep going consistently training those muscles even when it hurts when you're going through the burn just continue obviously with rest periods in between because if you continue training those muscles without any rest you can cause damage mm -hmm. uh, similarly the way that we build resilience is going through life experiences we all have adverse life experiences if, yes. if we're not going through one adversity then we'll probably just come out of one or we're about to go into one so life happens to all of us yeah. and through, when when life happens that's the time we can use that opportunity to build resilience so sometimes we can be intentional about it but other times just by mere fact that we're going through challenges we learn to to cope we learn to deal with those challenges so that when a similar challenge uh, comes up in life at a later date mm -hmm. we're able to to cope mm -hmm. but sometimes the adversity can be so sustained you know like the way this year has been to yes. the point where like that elastic band or the elasticity it, it stretches to the point where it can't cope and then mm -hmm. at that point we probably need help but yeah. during periods of uh, adversity the ups and downs we can grow that resilience by thinking about the way we are looking at the at the problem. Oftentimes, there are things that we, you know, think about the mindset. When mm -hmm. we think a certain way about the crisis, it can make us go downward uh, through a downward spiral, and yeah. therefore maybe diminish our resilience. Say, for instance, when we take things personally, you know, mm -hmm. this is just about me, and it's not happening to anybody else. That can eventually take you to that helpless or hopeless state mm -hmm. and uh, alternatively when you think that maybe something will never change you know when you lose hope again that can take you do, through a downward spiral where you lose resilience or the bounceability and, mm -hmm. and and lastly if you feel that all aspects of my life are now affected again that can get things out of you that would prevent you from from bouncing back mm -hmm. um, and in terms of building it's, it's almost like doing the opposite so when we're going through difficulty, but even when we're not going through difficulties, about building our mindset, uh, reminding ourselves who we really are, you know, that we are strong, that we are capable, mm -hmm. looking at things from the past that we have come gone through, you know, we've mm -hmm. had challenges before, how did yes. we come through that and we're still standing? If mm -hmm. we've uh, achieved something, how did we achieve that and, and celebrate and constantly reminding ourselves of those things that we're able to do? And, and part of another way of building resilience that rather than thinking something is permanent and it's never going to change, it's about, you know, this is where we are. You know, COVID has happened or yeah. I have lost my job or whatever the case might be. Accept what we can't change, mm -hmm. but there's always other things that we can build on. 
again, remembering what we did in the past. I've lost this job, but I've had 10 other jobs before. This is what my CV looks like and build on what we have so that we can bounce back and be able to get back into work. Mm -hmm. And um, lastly, one of the commonest things that is so easy to do, and we, there's always somebody that we can, cannot connect with, and regularly communicating, con com connecting with other people, that helps us, that helps shift our mindset. You know, mm -hmm. somebody else can challenge the fact that this is personal, you know, somebody else can challenge the fact that this is permanent, you know, the, the mindset that we can develop yeah. that takes us down a downward spiral. So connecting with other people is another way uh, we can build resilience. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you've shared that because I think it's so pertinent in the midst of COVID because of the restrictions. And I guess in these unprecedented times, we've got to think about creative and innovative ways that we can connect. So I'm just yeah. wondering if you've got any suggestions for the listeners in terms of how they can connect to build their resilience and to also ensure that they don't feel, um, I guess, isolated because all the research shows and um, the research from the Office of National Statistics that loneliness is on the rise because of the mm. pandemic. And yeah. individuals can maybe have lots of friends or even have all the family around, but even in the midst of that, you can still feel lonely because you're not able to connect with those friends that maybe you're close to or those that you were confiding or sometimes I guess people can be in an environment with family but they're not actually opening up about how they truly yeah. feel so I just wonder what what suggestions would you have in terms of how people can connect during I guess let, let's take it let's be take it um back to what we're facing now Christmas is around the corner tier mm -hmm. four has been introduced many yeah. people's plans have been disrupted and people are angry upset mm -hmm. anxious lots of emotions are kind of all over the place what yeah. would you yeah what would you suggest to those individuals that are struggling yeah i think yeah it's like you said it is possible to be isolated in in the presence of plenty you know they can have all these people around you and still yes. feel isolated but I think it's about um, finding a way intentionally to, to actually connect maybe. And, and it's a simple thing as, can I make you a brew? You know, asking somebody else to, to make a brew. How are you doing? Find out something about somebody and talk mm -hmm. about that. Um, yeah. I like talking about pets. Maybe somebody has a cat and I'll go out of my way to really find out more information about that cat. Yeah. Then open that conversation. And um, it, it might be that other people are easier to communicate and if somebody makes that effort to do that find a response so that it's not just a yes and no answer mm -hmm. an open question and how is such and such how is such and such rather than are you well you know so you know that the answer will either be yes and no mm -hmm. so then and, and so that's one way with whoever you're around whether it's at home or your neighbor over the fence obviously socially distancing yeah. it's about starting that small conversation and every little helps borrowing mm -hmm. from Tesco slogan yeah and then we've got the <laughs> social media <laughs> we've got the social media you know there's so many people putting things on there especially the live you know the live um yes. program yeah it's actually happening in real time not that somebody recorded it before you yeah. can actually interact and maybe even comment you know so, so that helps in that sort of connection mm -hmm. 
And even though we can't visit people, they are a phone call away or a text away, maybe text them and arrange, yeah. schedule calls when you can actually talk with them. And yeah. maybe video calls, because maybe those are much more rea realistic. Yes. Um, and, and that's you maybe making an effort to actually speak to somebody, but it also very much depends on the other person then, doesn't it? Yes. But one way I find that people can connect without really feeling as if they are connecting is maybe getting involved in volunteering. Um, it might be doing maybe like a, running a helpline, being part of a helpline. So you're calling and talking to other people. It might be that uh, maybe where it's permissible, you can volunteer, maybe walking uh, somebody's dogs or walking clubs where they're doing it in a yeah. social distancing way. Mm -hmm. You're still connecting with people like yeah. that. So, mm -hmm. so even though the guidelines are in place and the rules are in place, we can still connect uh, with what we have available. Mm -hmm. One of my friends was telling me that they've developed this um, habit with, with her husband of going walking every day at a particular time. Mm -hmm. And through that walking, just the two of them, other people who also walk at that time have started interacting with them. Huh? You know, sometimes I fall asleep and I don't want to wake up, but then I think about you too. And I'm thinking you won't see me today. So I get up and go walking as well so that mm -hmm. acknowledgement of the other person being there makes yes. a big difference mm -hmm. even if you're not actually um you know connecting where you're sitting down having a meal or going into each other's houses mm -hmm. something which are not currently allowed yeah mm -hmm. no that's fantastic and it sounds like what you're sharing is that it's about being intentional in these times yeah. nothing's just going to happen you've got to to plan it be intentional and yeah acknowledge that these activities need to be prioritized to build Definitely. resilience and to navigate through these challenging and adverse times otherwise if the reality is you're probably going to struggle and your mental health probably going to be um affected even more than it probably Definitely. is at the moment Definitely. and just to add to that you know now that you mentioned intentional uh, when you're intentional with yourself Sometimes it's easy not to do it if it feels uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. maybe getting talking to somebody about what your intentions are. You know, I'm I'm planning on calling somebody every day, or I'm planning on calling somebody every other day, mm -hmm. so that I connect with somebody. I'm planning on joining the Facebook Live maybe once a week, so, I, so yeah. that I join in with people. Mm -hmm. And wh when the intention is there and the accountability is there, you're much more likely to do it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the accountability could just say to somebody else, yeah, I did it and, and I called somebody and I did that. But the other thing which I do, which I find extremely helpful and I get other people to do it, is creating a checklist. Mm -hmm. You know, during the week, what are you going to do? What am I going to do on Monday to make sure I connect? What am I going to do mm -hmm. on Tuesday to make sure I connect? At the end of the week, maybe on a Saturday evening, check the checklist, how many times did you actually do it? So at the end of the day, reflect on it. Yes, I mm -hmm. called such and such, this is what we talked about, so that you remember. And mm -hmm. because you're going to maybe journal around that or just do a tick box, the most important thing is just do it, is that at the end of the week, it's like, oh my goodness, I actually called somebody five mm -hmm. times this last week. I actually connected. Before you know it, you are actually connecting and you know improving your well-being. Mm -hmm. And that other person who's holding you accountable, you can be sending them a text and say, this is what yes. I did, these are the times I did it, mm -hmm. or I didn't do it. And then they can encourage you, why don't we then do it together? Why don't we go for a walk? Mm -hmm. And 
and, and so on. So being intentional is extremely important, but also being accountable yes. to yourself, but also to somebody else and mm-hmm. the use of checklists. Yes, no, that's great. And I can see how all of those activities, that accountability, the checklist, um, checking in with, with someone, all of that will increase your motivation. And yeah. with homeworking, that can make it a little bit more um, difficult. So having someone else to support you and for you to check in with will increase motivation and I guess the likelihood of of you actually accomplishing some of those goals and working through that checklist and that 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 will yeah give you that sense of achievement and to kind of elevate elevate your mood really which everyone needs in these times because those activities that you probably would usually do in the past you know we're in a tier three um city you can't do that you can't go out for a meal you can't go to the cinema you can't well the gyms gyms are open I'm so grateful for that yeah. that's been a lifesaver for me but you know yeah. the, the, the things that you would ordinarily do you can't do so it, yeah you've just got to be very yeah very creative and guess we've, we've got to all focus on those things that we can control because there's a lot of that's right a lot of things that we can't control and if we only yeah. focus our attention on that it's going to affect our mindset as, as you've as you've already shared mm. so it's yeah we we have got to be intentional definitely yeah. it's, it's critical so yeah, let's kind of get a little bit personal <laughs> with you dr mieba in terms of um emotional resilience i'd love to hear about your journey of emotional mm. resilience i know you are originally from the Zambia and you traveled mm-hmm. here and you've done all your, your, your medical training. I'm just wondering, have there been any significant life events that have contributed to, to building your resilience in life? And don't um, share something that you, you know, you're comfortable sharing with. with, with yeah, your, yeah. 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 I think one of the things that sort of come to mind is um, when, when we came to this country, we found some friends who were already sort of friends, of my husband who were already studying as well so mm-hmm. we connected with them and we we formed a family you know a group of families we did christmas together and we right. you know, shared ideas and so on we looked after each other's children you know mm-hmm. during the school holidays we always dreaded six weeks holidays in yeah. the summer but then because of this network two weeks they'll be in one house the other two weeks and so on mm-hmm. we were like one family and then it came to a point where one of the families were going back home Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't cope with that I knew that it was going to happen somehow I just kept thinking oh I hope it doesn't I hope it doesn't because I was going to miss them terribly Mm -hmm. and um, I think my my way of dealing with that is going what's the word I think that's when I realized that this is what I actually do so if I know that something is going to happen or something that I don't like is going to happen. I start mm-hmm. planning or preparing for it before it actually happens. Mm-hmm. And I remember two weeks before they left, my friends uh, sat me down and said, oh, you know, over the last few weeks, I've noticed that you're not as warm. You don't visit as often. You don't right. call as much as before. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think, me in my mind, shutting down so that the actual separation was not that bad. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I think that was a negative coping strategy because it yes. did impact our, our, our friendship to a certain extent. Right. And I did learn about that. I did learn about myself and found different ways of um, 
uh, you know, coping with, with such loss. Mm-hmm. And then um, in 2002, I lost my mom. Uh, so she had breast cancer. She was in Zambia. And mm-hmm. uh, she had the surgery and everything. And um, the, what the doctors were telling me was that she she's doing well and she's uh, responding well to the chemotherapy and they removed mm-hmm. all the, the cancer and all that. But uh, <clears throat> each time she went for the chemotherapy, she would get a really bad, like asthmatic attack. And right. we had planned to travel. Me and the kids were going to go. Mm-hmm. And the day before we were due to go, they told me that, oh, she's not so well today and so on. So I kept calling and they were not answering my calls. Wow. And then around three o'clock or so that she had passed away. Oh, that was really, that. really hard. Mm. So even if I had that poor way of coping with loss, I didn't prepare for this because as far as I was concerned, she was doing well, she was responding to treatment and I was going to see her. Yeah. So that required a lot of work on my part to to deal with that. So my reaction was, you know, I wasn't there. Maybe if I was had gone earlier, I would have mm-hmm. helped matters and and so on. So a lot of guilt and and self blame and and uh, and so on. But I think um, in Zambia, the way that we mourn, you know, all the families just descend to your home, and for the next three or four days you have loads of people around. So the talking mm-hmm. with others really helped me a lot. It right. helped me a lot and distracting me from what had happened and mm-hmm. allowed me time to actually re- reflect, you know, what, what actually happened. You know, this was cancer. I sat down with the doctors who were telling me the half truth. And they, they did right. say that we just didn't want to worry you because you're far away. No, I was prepared to know the truth. Mm. And um, so that's how it was. And just reading the Bible and finding comfort in God helped me mm-hmm. a lot and um, uh, built up the resilience in accepting that the loss had happened. Even if I was there, if it was meant to be, I couldn't have done anything about it. And my mother was resting and not suffering anymore. So, and God knows best. Mm-hmm. So t- t- finding comfort in that helped me through that transition and I know that I built the resilience because when sadly my father passed away in 2016 it wasn't as bad it didn't hit me as bad as it did when my mom uh, passed away because I had developed a way of accepting you know Mm -hmm. losses like that because I had never lost somebody so significant in my life before so yeah Mm -hmm. so So definitely talking with people being surrounded with others and for me reading the Bible and finding comfort in God helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's, that's fantastic. And I think f- from what you've shared, it, it highlights that there's a range of ways that, that we can build our resilience. So you've kind of touched mm. upon acceptance. So initially, when you knew your friend was returning to the Zambia, you were, you know, wanting to avoid and preparing for their, for them to, you know, that for that them to leave. And, and I guess mm. it, it's quite a significant um loss but it's highlighting mm. that I guess rather than avoiding situations yeah. we should try and face them yeah work towards yeah, accepting those situations mm. and linking it back linking it to what we're all facing now the pandemic yeah I think it's about trying to apply what you've shared to, to our current situation trying to trying to accept it and try and acknowledging that there are limitations in terms of mm-hmm. you know, what, what we can do with um as individuals and you also shared about you know your faith and reading the bible you know spirituality mm-hmm. is, is is so important in 
building resilience and knowing that you're not just, I guess, relying on on yourself um, yeah. Yeah. as, as mm-hmm. well. And yeah, I think it's so important that as individuals, regardless of our age, that we understand ourselves and mm-hmm. we understand what is going to contribute towards building our resilience. So for some people who are spiritual or, you know, who, who are people of faith, then connecting with that is really going to be important. But for mm-hmm. someone who isn't, it's, it's not really going to have the same effect. No. And then also mm-hmm. in terms of, you mentioned about talking, you know, I'm a talker, talking is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's so powerful because it validates how you're feeling. It helps you to process those emotions, emotionally process them. But I guess for some people who are not talkers, mm. they, it might be that they need to, if they love exercise and they're active, going to the gym, working out, getting those endorphins, you know, released, that could possibly um, help with them. But I love that you've kind of shared a really, a great example of a holistic approach to building resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and I think on a day to day we have to. So, so I made reference to the time when my friend's family were and her family were leaving, but mm-hmm. also the time when my my mom suddenly passed away. So those are points um, in life. Mm-hmm. But then there are times when, like twenty twenty, the way that it's been, it hasn't just been one single thing. Mm-hmm. It's been a protracted period where you have to call upon every resilient. <laughs> muscle that you can think of yeah so that's where coping strategies you have to really be intentional you have to have a routine you have to know what to do mm-hmm. because things will hit you at different times and maybe you get better then again and so on mm-hmm. so what you made reference to about going to the gym and getting the endorphins it might just be put a really nice danceable song in the house and just dance all your way through the house up and down yes. and whatever uh-huh. And maybe go for a walk, you know, just get that breeze uh, in yes. and, and so on. Call a friend who already talked about calling. I like sewing. I love sewing. So sometimes okay. I'll make something. I'll make something and just enjoy looking at it. And mm-hmm. also bake, maybe try a new recipe. Mm-hmm. You know, YouTube, there's loads of things that you could try. And, mm-hmm. and maybe make a new wig. I love making wigs. So right. something, <laughs> just do <laughs> something different change your look do how different makeup but those are some of the things that we can do on a daily basis while Mm -hmm. we're trying to navigate through what we've been through and Mm -hmm. so on yeah Mm -hmm. no that's great and thanks for sharing all of those examples Mm -hmm. because it highlights that there are a lot of things that we can do we may not well we may be limited some people can't leave the house or can only leave you know to go to the supermarket but mm-hmm. it is about what you can do you know within your I- environment and making things happen and I guess some of these things don't even necessarily cost as well no that's true it doesn't cost anything yeah mm-hmm. for some yeah. things yeah it doesn't and it doesn't have to cost us anything mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. no no that's great so is there are there any examples I know you shared about the unfortunate loss of um of your mum and then your dad mm-hmm. later on and then your friend moving to the Zambia and how that yeah how that had an adverse effect on you but you seem to manage to kind of navigate through that build your resilience muscles what role would you say resilience has pe- played for you in your professional life because mm-hmm. I know for I guess if we think about maybe those people who have lost their jobs during mm-hmm. Covid you know in, in certain industries the hospitality industry 
there's been a lot of job losses, people are furloughed. I'm just wondering how, what your thoughts are on how they can build their resilience or even thinking about those who are maybe wanting to change careers as well mm, mm. during this time. Yeah, I think another example I can probably give is when we came to this country. So my children are still young and I had to pass the exam in order to work in this country as a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I could have just stayed home and waited until that time happened. Mm-hmm. But I, I sought anything that I could do, which was remotely related to my career, just so that I can keep going. I can mm-hmm. keep um, doing something. I can keep learning new skills. So, mm-hmm. so I've worked in places like... Um, you know, in the factory, in the nursing home, in, mm-hmm. in the supermarket, just so that I can keep going. Mm-hmm. And those things that I did, which didn't seem like we're going towards my career plan, did contribute to my CV. It enriched my CV in a way that whenever anybody looks at my CV, they wanted to see this person, this doctor <laughs> who was working in a nursing home. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, and I still, even to this day, if I have to write my CV, you're talking about myself and who make, who is Catherine, I mm-hmm. talk about that. Mm-hmm. But the, one of the things that it um, helped me with through then my career and some of the jobs that I've done before is that I understand different people from all walks of life because I've interacted yes. with them. I feel that uh, it has made me a better doctor, a better communicator, a better, mm-hmm. um, uh, a better you know, negotiator, you know, for somebody who needs particular treatment that they don't feel that they like, you know, mm-hmm. being able to negotiate because I've been at the level where they're at, but also I've been at a different level. I've also, you know, o- observed how they behave in different settings. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I've been there. Mm-hmm. So, so for people who are probably struggling in between jobs now, or have lost their business, I would suggest, is there anything going? Is there anything going? Just do it, just to keep yourself going. It's going to enrich your skills and you'll be amazed what you will learn at things which are unrelated to your field. Mm -hmm. But equally, it will also enrich what you're going to be in the future and the people that you're going to be dealing with at a later stage. Mm -hmm. The other thing that that people can do is to volunteer. So you could, you could volunteer your services free of charge in organizations which do the, your line of work. So some companies have had to lay people off because they can't afford to pay them, but mm-hmm. they do need staff. So maybe volunteering some time, whether it's two or three hours a week or however many days you can manage to do that. And yes. that's adding the skills to your CV. You are mm-hmm. doing two things there. You are giving and therefore it will help your well-being but you're also learning on the job, maybe the, the post that you wouldn't do if it was a paid post, but yeah. there'll be somebody else teaching you new skills. And in, I'm one of the people that employs, and if I see a CV of somebody who has volunteered, they have left their bed and their home to go and work for nothing. I want to see them at an interview mm-hmm. because these are the people who I know have different kind of work ethics they have a different kind of you know understanding of how things work and they're more likely to do the job even better when Mm -hmm. they're paid Mm -hmm. 
no that's fantastic and i like that you i guess your your, your approach to it is that it's not necessarily about paid work and i think mm -hmm. sometimes in society you know through the media through um the educational system the focus is always on um you know finances or um you know career development progress and then you know there's different hierarchies but i guess a lot of that during covid has literally gone out of the window yeah because yeah, everything exactly. so like you shared you've got to just take those opportunities that are presented um before you and look at how you can develop new skills and ensure that you've got that that daily routine and i think i love what you share about you know volunteering and offering mm -hmm. your services for free because you just don't know how that's going to have a positive impact on you in the future you don't know whose path you're going to cross you know when you are mm -hmm. volunteering um as well so i think that that's that's a great piece of advice and another kind of um nugget that i got from what you shared is that it's about learning new mm. skills, learning how to interact and negotiate and to be with different people. And it highlights the importance of us developing our soft skills as well mm. in That's the workplace. Right. Yeah. And they're mm -hmm. highly sought of, sought after, should I say now, in this, this yeah. digital age and economy. So it is about thinking outside of the um outside of the box and looking for opportunities. And when you've got that that mindset you will attract mm -hmm. opportunities. That's right. Yeah, yeah. so no, that, that, that's, that's great what, what you've shared. Yeah. And you just, it, it's, it's really, really good to have a wide range of experiences and, mm -hmm. and you just be amazed. Uh, I, I, I work with volunteers all the time at my place of work and mm -hmm. some of them don't have anything to do or have no background in, you know, drug and alcohol or mental illness. Yeah, but them just volunteering, it just opens up their minds and mm -hmm. and 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 it's it makes them different kinds of people. Some of them end up because of the passion that they develop through that experience, end up working in that field. Right. Others take that elsewhere and go and be different, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's just it just enriches our lives when mm -hmm. we volunteer, when mm -hmm. we give back, you know, something yes. outside ourselves. And when we serve, and that's serving, yes. you know, expecting nothing. Yeah, that's serving, and it's it, it's uh, fantastic for well-being. Yes, definitely. And it's also that community, isn't it? Connecting with people with similar values. Mm -hmm. It's that's so right. powerful. Yeah. You can't underestimate the power of that. And like you said, have the impact, positive impact that it has on your well-being. And mm -hmm. yeah, we, we all need that. And there's so many great organisations that have just kind of. Um, arisen and been established in the midst of this pandemic, meeting the needs of of, of those who are, you know, un underprivileged or less privileged. Right. It's, yeah. You know, th what these people are doing cannot, you can't even put a price on it. You, you, you mm. really can't. I, I respect them so much. Um, it's, it's, right. it's fantastic how, yes, humanity has responded to this. Yeah, this, this it's trauma. just been amazing. You know, people yeah. taking food to people's houses and mm -hmm. gifts and it's been just awesome to watch yeah. yeah yeah and be part of yeah yeah mm -hmm. no it, it's fantastic so what what role would you say um resilience has in an individual's journey of dealing with and trying to overcome addictions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I think um, it, it does play an important role. Often uh, people that we work with um, who have been struggling with um, addictions for some time have mm -hmm. got to a point where their self-esteem is quite low, maybe mm -hmm. depending on the nature of the addiction and how far it's, it's, it's gone, they've got to a point where maybe there's been a lot of loss of, of family members, you know, not losing contact right. with family members and children. They mm -hmm. have lost their job, they've lost their home, they've lost a lot of things along the way because of the way that addiction has taken a, a hold of them. And mm -hmm. having to build all that back requires a lot of resilience, you know, building everything almost from scratch. Right. And um, in, in our services, we create a platform for, 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 for them to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a non-judgmental service, it's a place where they can speak whatever is going on in their mind. We are trained in um, motivational uh, interviewing skills so mm -hmm. that we can get information out of, uh, out of people, get an understanding of where they are at. And that's, and that's them creating some kind of care plan for them that, that uh, with them that they can work through and mm -hmm. build on that. And on a regular basis, having very regular contacts and doing the psychological social interventions, meeting different needs. And mm -hmm. over time, we, one of the things that we encourage right from the word go is being part of, you know, the peer support, the mutual aid group, groups mm -hmm. such as Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, mm -hmm. and so on. Because that, that community helps shape people. It helps build that resilience and the connection that we talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, no one is judging the other and, and just, yes. you know, talk about where they're at, how they can progress and how can, they can get out of the things that have that, that has taken hold of them. And um, yes, it requires a lot of uh, resilience and that's, Rome was not built in a day and we understand that. So we don't yeah. expect that people move from one area of struggle to just totally in recovery. No, it takes time. They probably got to the point where they are over a period of time and we support them to work at their own pace with everything being made available to them. Mm -hmm. And it, it's amazing to see as people's resilience um, improves and them reconnecting with family members and them reconnecting with, um, you know, things that they had lost in, over time in their lives, them going back to work, them running successful businesses, mm -hmm. and then a lot of them coming back and working initially as volunteers and then working as paid staff and helping other people right. work that walk that path it's mm -hmm. just amazing That's to see yeah. it's, it's amazing to see and yes resilience even if it's lost it can be built mm -hmm. and we see that um every single day and people recovering making recovery living in recovery and doing well and serving the community yeah. giving back mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now that that's great and it must be so rewarding for you you know being able to observe that and seeing someone you know, I guess on the other side of the addiction mm. and giving back to individuals who, that they've got shared experiences with and then you know moving on to, to paid employment that's such um, yeah. I guess yeah. a great testimonial of, of, of the work that, that, that you do in your yeah def definitely I work solely in the community now but before I used to work in, right. on, the, on the inpatient unit yeah so I used to see people coming on wheelchairs and really right. really unwell and within a few days you see them walking going to the Tesco just around the corner and getting their own supplies and oh, it was right. like a road to Damascus kind of transformation <laughs> just 
awesome to see. Yes. And sometimes maybe you see them a few years later. Oh, do you remember me? I was in that unit and doing everything. And now I run a group for, you know, struggling uh, mothers or mothers of people who have addiction problems and so on. It's just right. awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and through the service users that I've supported and interacted with, and some of them my colleagues, I have learned that no one is beyond redemption. Mm-hmm. No one is beyond redemption. Anyone's resilience can be built. Anyone can recover. And there are services out there available, even online now, you know, resources that people mm-hmm. can tap into and yeah. work on themselves with support to help mm-hmm. them recover and build that resilience so that they reintegrate back in, in society and serve and be uh, fulfill the purpose that they were created for. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's great. It's a great message of hope because I guess some individuals may be in a place where they they feel that um, yeah they're lacking in hope that there's been a lot of loss and they may not feel that 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 there is a way out. But what you're saying is that hope, not hope, resilience can be built. It can be built, and they can bounce back. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's some research which shows that um, I'm not suggesting that people should all get into addiction, but that people who have recovered from addiction, they seem to be better than the other people, their counterparts who were never mm-hmm. addicted. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it reflects from the Bible where it talks about, you know, restoration and restitution. And mm-hmm. restitution is being better, being restored to better than you were before. Yeah. You know? So, so I've seen loads of them run really, really good businesses. And, and every so often they come and deliver groceries or gifts oh, or, you know, right. for people who are going into, into rehab because mm-hmm. they've been there before. They know what they needed when they stand to go to rehab, but some people yeah. can't even afford that. So it's just amazing to see, you know, they see a very nice Porsche car parked outside. Right. Somebody comes that's out, stops all this shopping and said, this is for everyone going into detox and they go and sometimes they bring loads of toys, you know, for kids, mm-hmm. you know, the people in treatments, children. It's yeah. just fantastic to see that people just giving back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, that's great. And just kind of following up on that, a lot of the research just show that, I guess, for individuals and that are successful, that resilience is one of the factors that that contributes mm-hmm. towards that so it's great just to hear you know that you've observed that within um you know within your 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 field of expertise mm-hmm. so even if someone hasn't gone through adversity or challenges or or has maybe um limited exposure to to adversity there's still a case for building resilience because it can contribute to you being more successful and I know su- success is subjective as well but mm-hmm. you know we don't know what we're going to face in the future right. no, no one yeah. knows no one knew that we would 2020 would be as it is exactly yeah yeah and it's it's like a bank account isn't it so yes you may have enough money but you still put in there to save because a, a rainy day will happen you know but if yes. you have nothing to draw on and when the rainy day comes it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's much harder mm-hmm. so it's important even if you're not going through adversity or going through addictions or losses that we've talked about to still take time and do the things that we've been talking about you know the mm-hmm. connection you know doing the exercise and um, you know 
interacting, volunteering, giving back, and so on, so yeah. that you are building your resilience muscles. Mm -hmm. When that happens, you're much more likely to bounce back quicker and mm -hmm. faster, you know, quick, quicker yeah. than somebody who hasn't, you know, had those routines in place and deposited into that resilience account, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yes, yes, no, that, that's, that's fantastic. So I guess in essence, from what you've shared, it sounds like there's many ways that you can build resilience and the themes that, that, that I've kind of observed based on what you've shared is about the importance of community, about connecting, I guess, ensuring that we've got a resilient mindset, focusing mm -hmm. on um, opportunities, you know, being positive in the midst of the, the storm or crisis, also trying not to personalise certain experiences mm -hmm. and realising that whatever challenges we're all facing or individuals are facing, that it's not permanent, because if you believe it's permanent, that's going to contribute to a sense of apathy and hopelessness which can prevent from building your resilience but is there anything else that you want to share dr mieba before we yeah. before we bring it to a close yeah i think the other thing which I, I was going to share is something which um i started using this for my life uh years ago and realized mm -hmm. how fantastic it has helped in terms of building my own resilience mm -hmm. and when i'm faced with a situation i just take time and go through it. And it's called something, uh, it's called reaping. Mm -hmm. And reaping is an acronym for, you know, um, and uh, the toolkit that I talked about at the, at the beginning when you did the introduction, mm -hmm. it's sort of like a, a life planning toolkit that I use to regularly reflect, you know, mm -hmm. on the good things and the not so good things, just so that I can really be grateful for the good things and learn from them. How did that work? How can yeah. I make it even better? And mm -hmm. equally, the not so good things so that I learn from what went wrong. So not necessarily to beat myself up about it, but if I have I made a mistake to for, forgive myself and, if mm -hmm. I, and, 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 and carry on so that I can learn yeah. from it and use it as a stepping stone. And when I reflect, I also look forward. So I'm not just looking back, but I'm also looking forward. Yeah. What is 2021 going to be like? This mm -hmm. was 2020, I can't change it. We've come to the end of the year what is 2020 going to, 2021 going to be like? What would I want 2021 to be like? There mm -hmm. are some things which I can wish for or you know, envision and create and, and so on. If money was not an issue, time wasn't an issue and I had all the resources I wanted, how will I want 2021 to be? And mm -hmm. you're creating goals then. So one of the things to develop resilience is having goals, having something that you're looking forward to, that you're working yes. on. Without mm -hmm. a goal, you won't really have that motivation to work towards that. So when I envision I'm daydreaming with my eyes open and mm -hmm. creating a life that I would want to see, and that life I want to see requires action. So what are yes. the actions that I need yes. to do? And I list them down, break mm -hmm. them up into manageable actions, which I can work on on a daily basis or weekly basis or monthly basis, whatever the case might be. But at least every single time I'm making progress towards the life that I want. Mm -hmm. And um, and then planning it, you know, plan those actions. What mm -hmm. will I do in the first week of January? What mm -hmm. will I do in the second week? What will I do? And remember those checklists. So you start now creating your checklist and having an ideal week. What does an ideal week look like when, when I can do, when, I, when can I fit this in? And the use of the diary and so on. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then, so that's what the acronym for reaping is, reap, reflect, envision, action, and plan. Mm -hmm. But to that, I've also added enjoyment because sometimes we can get so busy doing stuff that mm -hmm. we don't take the time to have a break and enjoy yeah. ourselves. I like to say, have a break and have a Kit Kat. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's every single day. Maybe you can find a moment to enjoy yourself. Do yes. a dance or a three minute song or maybe go for a walk, whatever it is that you can do, something that br brings pleasure to you, mm. something that's legal. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so enjoy yourself. I, if it's not in my diary, often it doesn't, done, it doesn't get done. So I schedule these moments of enjoyment throughout. Mm -hmm. The time pre-COVID would do it with friends and go for kitchen parties and so on. Mm -hmm. But now still find something I can enjoy that's cheap, that doesn't cost me a thing, but still it releases endorphins, releases yeah. pleasure in me so that I can keep going. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, to review. So if mm -hmm. I've reflected and visioned, I've got actions and checklists and I've planned about what we'll do and I'm enjoying myself, I need to do an overall review on a regular basis of mm -hmm. my life, having that mm -hmm. helicopter view on a regular basis so that I can see when something is stressing, the stress is coming up or a problem is coming up, I can see it from its source right at the early stage so that I can nip it in the bud, so to speak, yes. you know? Yeah. And when somebody does that on a regular basis, they become what I call a reaper. Mm -hmm. So reapers have a lot of benefits and one of the benefits is uh, improves the well-being, and it gives us a structure to manage crises when they happen and mm -hmm. definitely help build those resilience muscles. Mm -hmm. That's, that, that, that's a fantastic process that you shared. And, you know, we all want to be reapers. I know I want to be a reaper. Yes. So we need to get reflecting. And I think it's, it, it, it's timely that, you know, we're coming to the end of the year and it is a time where people do tend to reflect and think about the next year. So all of our listeners set time aside to reflect, to envision, think about what action you need to take and, and plan as Dr. Mieva shared, and also ensure that there is some enjoyment there and regularly review. And you can connect with Dr. Mieva on all of the social media platforms, and I will share the, the details in the show, show notes. Mm -hmm. It's been such a pleasure having you on Rivers to Resilience today. Thank you, Catherine, for, for sharing your expertise and knowledge and I guess just for being so authentic sharing about your experiences mm. which I know the listeners will be able to connect with because you know life is a journey of different chapters and mm -hmm. within these chapters we all experience different challenges different opportunities and it's about learning and and growing through that process so mm -hmm. thank you for sharing all of that and all to right. the listeners Connect with us on um, social media, on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for joining us. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts about Rivers to Resilience and how are you building your resilience during these challenging times in the midst of the crisis. But I want you just to try and um, build your hope and build your resilience and believe for a better year in 2021.